Hello, everyone. My name is Kate. And I'm Kel from ArtFit. And you're listening to ArtWise. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of ArtWise. I am so excited for today's episode. I have with me Kel, who is like the creator of ArtFit. So I'm just going to let you go ahead and and introduce yourself a little bit further. Yeah, cool. So I'm I'm Kel Mandigostoba, and I founded ArtFit Clothing Company in March of 2021. It's a company that works with artists sort of at all points in their career, but predominantly early career artists who are looking to sort of like break out of that first. And, you know, we, we do a lot of cool stuff. We do a lot of interviews, a lot of, you know, support for artists stuff like that. You know, we sell hoodies and, and sort of things, things like that. Yeah. And it's, it's really something that kind of came about as, you know, the, the culmination of, of many years of like trying to figure out how to basically like help my friends who were artists to, you know, to, to get somewhere with their art and get through that hard first stage of trying to get people to recognize you as an artist when you already want to define yourself that way. That's so awesome. I I was so excited when you applied to to be on the podcast. I think I okay, I'm like trying to remember where I've met all these artists from because I yeah. like I've networked with so many people through like TikTok and social media. But I believe my friend, my artist friend, designer friend Carly has worked with you. Yes, she has. <laughs> she she's amazing. I love Carly. I love her so much. She's awesome. I hope she applies to be a guest at some point. She has not talked to me about it yet, but hopefully at some point. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no. The two that that I have worked with and will work with are Ashley Loren that you did an interview with quite a while, or not a while ago, but it's interesting, like the same same week or same weekend that her ArtWise episode came out, she dropped her first ArtFit collection. And I was like, that is so cool. And that same weekend, I applied to be on the show because I was like, you know, that sounds like so much fun. And then the other one is Colorful Kayak is the other one who's been on and is sort of. Oh, Kayla. In, Kayla. Yes, Kayla. Yeah. Sort of. We've been <laughs> in talks for a little while. I mean, the summer has been really crazy for me, but hopefully she's one of the people that we're going to have a release from in the next few months. Oh, that'd be awesome. Ah, oh, that's so interesting. Small world. I had no idea. Yeah. I knew like I knew I knew a few people, but yeah, no, that's that's cr- that's so cool. What the yeah. heck? Yeah, I, I and that. maybe more. I mean, I was looking through the roster of people who have been on ArtWise, but it's like kind of, you've got a lot of episodes, so it's kind of hard to go through every single person. And yeah, likewise, I mean, ArtFit, I ha- I work with like, I think it's up to 16 artists right now, and there's always like more sort of in the queue, like getting ready to be churned out, even though I'm taking kind of a little bit of a break from releasing new collections, like there's always, you know, more people waiting to come out. Yeah, that's how art-wise kind of is too. It, there is a lot. It's it's almost deceptive. I have friends who haven't listened to my podcast, which is like, it's understandable if you're not really into art, there is nothing for you here. But I have a few friends who <laughs> yeah. are like, no, well, like I'm getting around to it. Like I do want to listen to it because like it's still interesting even if you're not an artist. I'm like, okay. And they're like, well, how many episodes do you have? Like 10, 15? I'm like, it's like we're coming up on like 70. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of episodes. But it's all, I mean, it's good stuff. And there's been so many cool people who have been on you know it's been very inspiring and interesting to like delve more into the community oh that's awesome I'm glad I I definitely agree I'm excited to hear what what you have to talk about because I feel like with our businesses we have very similar goals so I'm super I'm super excited so to, to start off the episode why don't you go ahead and just talk about like your your whole art origin story or journey yeah. it's um, kind of, it's 
it's it's kind of a long story, <laughs> but I'm gonna try to do it, you know, the justice that I that I can. Especially we have an hour. It's, yeah, have yeah, an hour. yeah. We'll we'll have fun with it. It's it's interesting for me because you know I, I like I said I founded Artfit in March of 2021, but you know for me my art journey started my freshman year of college, which I know is like a lot later than a lot of people. But and especially interesting because I'm I'm not myself technically an artist like I've done a few paintings and things like that but I'm more of like an art historian art art archivist and like art facilitator is kind of the way that I think of myself and a curator in some ways but I yeah I started off my 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 art journey when I first got into college and I took an art history class and it was the first academic thing that I had really ever done that not only like was interesting and captured my imagination and like my heart a little bit but it was also something that I was really good at and so I and I studied alongside this other art student named Michael Ann Foster, who has been a really or who was a really big inspiration to me. Sadly, she she passed away a few years ago for, pretty tragically, actually. She's very young, but she was a huge inspiration for me in doing what I do and sort of being like, OK, I want to. You know, I want to help people with their art. I want to help people get past that first stage and sort of get out into the world. And it's it's just been kind of a kind of an interesting path getting from that point you know, and that was in like 2013, 2014, because I'm kind of old. And now, you know, now in, you know, seven plus years later, I'm looking back and being like, wow, okay, that was kind of like a long roundabout way to get to where we are now. Because there's there's been a lot of stuff that's happened in that time. Yeah, no, I, I can definitely relate to that. I, yeah, I don't, it's hard because I, like in my career, I almost feel like, like the art is not the biggest part of it which is weird because like and like I like I would still consider like even somebody who's like more into like art history and like the business side of art I feel like artist is such an umbrella term like you know like you yeah. don't really have to be like a creator of like visual art to be an artist like there are so many different kinds of artists like I kind of feel like everybody in like one sense of the word or another is an artist yeah. but yeah no I you know like I I kind of like when I first started out I felt like I didn't really care what I was doing as long as I was making something and then that kind of led me to have like a job that I hated for a few years and then come back around to like what I wanted to do in the first place which was to help artists which I feel like you can relate very much to definitely so I wanted to ask, like, can you go into a little bit more detail about like how you began your journey into starting ArtFit? Like how, how did that come to be? Yeah. So th this is, this is the whole story. We'll sort of start from the beginning of where I got the idea of sort of the, the more formal idea of how I wanted to start this. So in 2017, right after I graduated, I was working as a processing archivist in the Pacific Northwest Artist Archive, which is the largest repository of artist papers anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. And so I was tasked with working on a few different collections, the biggest of them being the Jack Ireley papers, which is so I, it's about a, more than 200 linear feet of material, which is like so a linear foot box is like a foot long and sort of like, you know, maybe six, seven, eight inches tall and sort of, you know, maybe a foot wide, 200 plus of these boxes. And so basically what I did was. I went through every piece of this guy's life, every piece of ephemera that made up his whole his whole world, basically, like letters and, you know, documents about his family and art flyers and pieces of art and all of these incredible things that sort of built up this incredible picture of who this guy was. And so Jack was Jack Ireley was this sort of 
Enigma character who facilitated art in the Pacific Northwest over a period of about 50 years. And he's still kind of an obscure figure. Not a whole lot of people know about him or his contributions, even though they are pretty massive. And so basically what I came out of that job thinking was like, this guy's amazing and I want to do that. You know, I want to be able to do that for people that I know now who are having trouble getting into the art scene. Because it's not like Jack was this insider trying to do this stuff for, you know, for his own friends. I mean, he was he was traveling all over the place and bringing in as many people as he possibly could. And he really helped to bridge the gap between arts and crafts in the Pacific Northwest. So he's he's a really cool guy in that in that respect. But so I I sort of did that job and did a couple of other jobs and, and left that thinking, okay, I really want to do what they did. I want to do that for people now with the internet and stuff like that. So basically I sort of bopped around. I, I was like a private collection specialist. I did, you know, a couple of, like I helped people make catalogs for sale of their special collections. I tried to be like an artist manager and all of those things were like kind of getting there, but not quite the right thing. And then in 2018, so like Q, you know, world's smallest violin or whatever, my, my sister who is, you know, much younger than I am, who's 14 at the time in 2018 was diagnosed with cancer. And so I kind of like dropped everything in my life and was like, I'm going back home to California to be with her and my folks. And, and, and that's kind of what I did. I, I left kind of all the art stuff behind for, for the year that she was in treatment. And I, I took up the, the best job that I could at that time, which was I was working at a coffee shop in town and I would work the probably three 30 in the morning to about noon shifts. And I, it was nice because I was able to get, you know, done with work by such time that I could go back home and help with, with, you know, with my sister and the caregiving. And also I could just be like, Hey, I want these days off. You know, I need Tuesday, Wednesday, cause that's when she had chemo. And so one day I was having lunch at about seven 30 in the morning at this job. And this guy came up to me who is, you know, he's pretty aggressive fellow. He was kind of like, he had a lot of stuff going on in his life. He was, he was experiencing homelessness at the time. Probably might still be, he was clearly having some sort of, you know, disassociative break with reality. He was just a very aggressive person who was clearly very troubled and he walks up to me and he starts laying into me about working at at pete's right he's just like why are you wasting your life working this stupid job like who are you who do you think you are you loser like come on man like what do you what do you think you're doing wasting your life away like this and i'm just sitting here 7 30 in the morning on a monday having my lunch i've been up since two in the morning to get to work and i'm just looking at this guy like i'm like what do you you know what do you what is your deal man and he's like, what do you even care about? Like, what are you actually passionate about? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I was like, you know, I like, I want to help my friends sell art. You know, I like music, but I mainly want to do the art thing and, you know, whatever. And he's like, man, you are such a punk. You are such, you are being such a punk right now. Like, you're not, you know, you, you're, you're, you have no confidence in yourself. You have no confidence in this idea and nobody's ever going to respect it until you do. And I was like, man, like, get out of here. Like, I don't want to talk to you. So I went back to work. And that conversation, as weird as it is, has been sort of one of these you know, founding blocks of how I got from there to here. Basically, I've thought about that conversation thousands of times from then. And it's it's one of those things where like one of the things you've talked about in your some of your recent stuff is how like people will give you critiques and you don't want to hear it. Like that was the biggest moment where somebody gave me a critique and I didn't want to hear it. But at the same time, like, sure, I was going through it. Right. But. Like he was right. I was being a punk and I wasn't being confident in myself and I didn't have that. And so that was something that sort of, I've tried to build up over time. And, you know, luckily my sister got better and is now a, a major stakeholder in ArtFit, which is why I feel comfortable mentioning that story because she's, you know, approved usage of that content because she's like, yeah, like, let's do it. If we're going to make it work, we're going to make it work. And so 
for me, that's, you know, family has always been sort of one piece of the broader puzzle of ArtFit is like making something for her, making something for me and sort of the people who have supported along the way. But so she got, she got better and I was able to move back up and sort of start things again. And I got back into the archives. I was working as, a, you know, a, a technical technical assistant or something like that in this in the Oregon State Archives, and was sort of trying to figure out how to like launch back into this, you know, career that I had sort of shelved for so long. And you know, I did that for maybe six months, and I was having a great time. Met a lot of really great colleagues, and really sort of started to feel like myself again. And then and then COVID hit, and <laughs> all of us got laid off. So <laughs> that was kind of a kind of a wild kind of a wild ride there. And so at that point, I sort of had to pack up again. And you know, at this point, my you know my family had sort of moved to Washington. My sisters, all everybody was up in Washington. And so I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going up there too. You know, screw it. Like whatever. What's the worst that could happen? And so I you know I just kind of sat around for a while and was like, I need to figure out how to do this thing. Like this work is important to me, and I've found out that like. I don't feel fulfilled if I'm not doing it. If I'm not helping my friends with their art, I don't. It doesn't feel right. And so I knew that I needed to figure something out like that. And there was a. I'm. I live on an island <laughs> in the Sound, and there was an art frame shop for sale at one point during the pandemic. And I was like, well, actually, my mom came to me and was like, "Hey, you should, you should, you know, buy this business and do this thing." And I was like, "Me buy a business? Like, what are you talking about?" But so I looked into it a little bit more, and I was like all right, this, this could work. This could be the thing. And so I, you know, I started learning, you know, I found every resource that I could about putting together a business plan about, you know, running a small business, running a frame shop, learning the technical skills required. I put together, it took me like, like six months. I put together a proposal. I did all this stuff. I was talking with the people who were selling it and I felt really good about it. I submitted my proposal. And then like two days later, they were like, yeah, thanks for, thanks for talking to us. We're not going to sell it to you. But, you know, thanks for playing, basically. And I was like, are you are you joking? And they were not joking. They were actually serious about not selling it. But but the cool thing was this whole time I had been thinking about like, OK, since I'm not an artist, like I can't show my own art. So I should show my friend's art in this space. Like I'll have a gallery and I'll have this thing because I'd also learned about drop shipping in that in that experience of learning. And so I was like, OK, well, I'll set up a thing where I can like sell hoodies and shirts and stickers sort of like as a supplementary piece to this other business, because that'll like help me bring in some money. And also I can like pay my friends and we can do this cool thing. And so, you know, I ended up not getting this gallery and I was, you know, sitting around for a little bit. And then I was like, hey, wait a second. Like, what if I just did the other thing? And so I, I went to two of my friends who were artists and I was like, hey, I had this idea will will you like rock with me and see if this will work and so that was that was amaya zavala and janelle lots were the two first artists that i worked with and they were like yeah here's a bunch of sketches a bunch of drawings a bunch of paintings use whichever ones you want do whatever you want with them you know and then just you know i obviously i went over with the the details of like how we're going to payment do payments and stuff like that but it was all very like alpha stage of of all of this stuff and they were just like yeah go for it and so you know Again, March 2021 came around and we we launched Art Men have been going pretty hard ever since. It's been it's been a, a pretty gnarly process from then on. But that's that's sort of the the genesis of where ArtFit comes from. And it's fun because I, I don't think a lot of people know that story or have any idea of of kind of the various twists and turns that have led to this moment. Um yeah, and it's it's a it's definitely a story that you know requires you know the world's tiniest violin, but that is actually you know there's some moments of that that are genuinely traumatic, and I think a lot of people can relate to that sense of, you know, 
I, for me, I'm a person, I deal with a lot of anxiety and depression. And the fact that I could get from all of those things to here where I feel moderately successful and I feel like I've gotten some people engaged and stuff and actually have done the work that I want to do. You know, I feel like that's something that hopefully people will listen to that story and be able to be like, it's going to take a while, but I can get there as well. So that's, that's the story of how this all got started, basically. Oh, wow. Okay. I have so many. (laughs) I have so much to say. Okay. Like, you know, when you have so much to say and you, and then you like, it's like, I don't know where to start. First of all, like I, I commend you for telling that story, especially on my podcast. I feel so honored. Yeah. I was, um, I was so excited to come here and, and do that. Cause there hasn't been a platform for this before. Like what I do primarily is help other people tell their stories. And so I was like, Oh, I can tell mine. That's so amazing. No, I feel the same way, honestly, but I, I'm so like, it's such a, and it like, I feel like so many artists listening to this are going to be able to relate to your story too, because like I myself, like, like I'm already making parallels. Like the number one thing that I wanted to talk about too, is that conversation that you had with that guy. I don't know. You couldn't see my face. My my cat's sitting in front of my webcam right now or not anymore, but she was when you were telling the part of the Mm -hmm. story, but I was just like, cause like I've, had people like that in my life. And I, before I started my business, had a conversation like that, that I think about every single day. And yeah. it, it wasn't as abrasive. Yeah, that was, that. was not a fun interaction. But in, you know, with hindsight, everything is better. Yeah, sometimes like, and you know, I, I do talk a lot about, like you said, unsolicited critique. That's mostly about my artwork. But like when it comes to like things that I really need to hear at the end of the day, like, like it, it's annoying in the moment. But like when you reflect on it and then you realize how much it's changed your life, it's really like something. It's just, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain because in the moment, like for, for me, okay, so like, here's my conversation that I think about every day, right? So mm-hmm. Jenna, who was on the podcast, by the way, I have a, I don't know, I don't know what her title is, intuitive coach. I've been working with Jenna for over a year now. Wow, it doesn't feel like that long. I met her on TikTok. I commented on her video and I said, your vibes are immaculate or something dumb like that. <laughs> and then like we became- That's really... always what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we became really good friends and we trade services. I, I do like her branding and her work for her business and she helps me with my life, which is, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, can be a mess at times, but that's okay. But I remember when we first met, I was having one of my calls with her that was like a trade of services from when I had done her branding. And I was telling her, you know, I have this like, I've always wanted to help artists. I want to build a community for for my younger self, for, for people like me who like, like just need other people in the same situation to like know that they're not alone and that like it's possible to have success as an artist like not only is it possible it's very attainable especially if you have like a community if you have a group and Mm -hmm. I want to turn it into a business and I was telling her about how much I hated my job at the time I was at like a corporate graphic design job that I was absolutely miserable at and Jenna I remember exactly what she said she was like well what's the worst case scenario and I was like the worst case scenario is I try to do it and then I burn through all my savings and I 
can't afford to continue. So I end up back at a job like this. And she was like, mm -hmm. oh, so like your worst case scenario is like what you're already doing. And I literally, <laughs> I did not even know how to respond. Oh my like, God. I, just, yeah. I sat back and I was just like, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's gnarly. That's gnarly. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's one of those things. Like when you, when you're getting knocked down by stuff, I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, you either, you either get up or you stay down, I guess that's kind of the, kind of the way that it feels to me. And it always feels like when, when other people are looking in on what you're doing, I, the way that I think about it is everybody else has like the Fisher move, you know what I mean? The, the like Bobby Fisher, the chess player always has that one move. That's like going to turn everything around. And a lot of the time we're not like ready to hear that or even want to listen to it. But some of the time those people are right. And that's the scary thing. So, you know, sometimes, I mean, there's, there's some, you know, credibility to listening to people when, when maybe you're not even ready to hear it. Cause who knows how many years down the line you'll think back to that moment and be like, damn, that guy was right. Like, okay, well, I guess I got to go do that work now. You know, all that is necessary in those moments is just like, they're planting a seed Mm -hmm. And you don't even need to take into consideration like everything they say, especially when they're rude. That guy was so yeah. rude to you. I would have literally, That's I would have been like, don't even listen to that guy. But like the seed is there. And like at, at some point you start to realize like, oh, like the reason that that bothered me so much is because that is probably what I should be doing, you know? But I also, I just like, at the same time, the world isn't black and white, you know? Like yeah, things true. are not as simple as like, just do it in every situation. And that's why things are like years in the making. Like, mm -hmm. so I totally, I totally understand that. And I, I commend you for sharing that journey because that must not have been the easiest thing. And I'm, you know, I'm, ha I'm happy to offer the, the platform for you to talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where it's only looking back on it that I'm thinking like, OK, I'm I'm glad that I was able to tough out all of that stuff to get to where we are now, because that's, you know, I there's a certain level of like I wasn't I wasn't necessarily doing the work every day during that whole process. I was just staying, you know, I was staying on top of it. I was trying to keep myself, you know, happy and well, not happy, but, you know reasonably you know enthused about life i don't know yeah it's 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 kind of a wild thing to really sit down and think about because and and the other thing is that that's that kind of happened over a period of such a long time that hearing all those things back to back to back to back you're like wow that was terrible but there were you know there are positives in there as well i mean it's 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 just a it's kind of a wild kind of a wild ride i think and you know if you can tough it out maybe you can learn from it but I wouldn't recommend other people take that route. Certainly <laughs> you yeah. can do it easier, do it that way. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard too, because like, I think about the path that I'm on and the path that I see other people on for myself personally, I, I wouldn't change the way that I did it. And although I did kind of veer off of like what I wanted to do for for like five years I did like come back to it eventually and I, not only did I come back to it but I came back to it with like a lot more knowledge with a much more positive outlook I think if I had started doing what I wanted to do five years ago I I wouldn't have the tools that I needed mm -hmm. to actually get it done whereas now even though like I've kind of veered off the path and then came back to it I I feel like I'm better equipped to actually like 
grow this into like something successful. So I, I don't know. I like, I agree to, to an extent, like sometimes people like they have like their, you know, their life's purpose that they found and they have like this way to make it happen immediately. And they don't need to kind of go off and do other things. And like, when you're off and doing those other things, it kind of like when you come back to it, it feels like, oh, I just wasted all this time. But really, like you were learning, you were learning other lessons, mm-hmm. and you were gaining knowledge, and you were gaining tools to like actually do the thing. So yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's one of those things. And I, I feel like another important aspect to acknowledge is just like, in terms of being finding that point where you're like, okay, I'm going to jump in, I'm going to go for it. You know, I certainly like I had, you know, given up a lot to sort of live like mid pandemic just be like okay i'm just gonna sort of subsist but at least in my case i feel like it's really important to acknowledge that there there's a lot of like privilege on my side that goes into that right like i had a place where i could stay you know even if i'm living in like a renovated tool shed and i which i have been for the last you know since the pandemic started i'm gonna you know, I still ha- what the heck <laughs> yeah right but yeah it's like this this is where i live but I, i'm lucky enough to be with family who support me and who you know who very early on were like yeah we can we can help you get this thing started you know so I think there's a certain amount of, of like acknowledging that that privilege is, is a big part of how, at least in my story, how I got to this point and, and was feeling okay to be like, well, I don't have to have that other job. I'm just going to go all in and do everything that I possibly can here. Certainly there are places that I had to give things up to do that, but leveraging privileges is definitely a big part of this story that I think shouldn't be omitted. Yeah, it's 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 rough like like i said the world's not black and white like there are so many factors that come into play when when talking about things that being said though i did i did want to ask like what are your main goals with art fit yeah absolutely i think sort of the biggest idea behind art fit the thing that i would be the most happy with is if it became a place where artists could go to sort of you know put up you know put their stuff up on the website or whatever or you know share their skills or just sort of, you know, network with each other. But basically, I want it to be a platform where people, regardless of sort of like the level of skill that they're at, can come together and be like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to try to do this for real. You know, I'm going to really put myself into this and give it my all. And I think I think the reason why I've been so excited about that idea and excited about the idea of like, you know, building this type of space. So if we look at like the stage one of ArtFit, right, where it's just sort of like, a website and artists can sell hoodies on it or whatever. The reason why I think that's so important is for so many people coming into this industry or trying to breach into that industry of like having their stuff up on the internet and selling things. So many of these places, so many of these websites come with, you know, the fees and you have to have the money up front to be able to ship the things and do, you know, whatever. And for, and for so many people, that's a, that's a major blockade that keeps them from doing it. Like I can't pay 30 bucks a month to month to Shopify or wherever to host my website. I can't pay to, you know, ship these things all over the place and do this stuff. Artfit is cool because artists never get charged anything. Like I don't make artists pay for anything. Like say they say they want to order from their own collection. Like, yeah, you can, you know, you can do that. I'll pay you as if it were a sale regardless, but I'm not charging anybody fees or anything. Right. So it's, it's leveraging this, this equal playing field. If you want to get on there and you have what it have, what it takes and you have the drive behind it, we can make it work on Artfit. You know, any, anybody is welcome to, to join that space. And so I think it's just one of those things that lowers that boundary into getting into the profession. And that's that's basically my whole goal is is to lower that boundary so that people can get in who might have otherwise been excluded from that market. That's really awesome. I so I totally 
am for that because I right now I'm like I'm on Etsy and the fees are absolutely killing me and they, they're higher than pretty much anywhere else. Yeah. So it it is like it's it's frustrating. So I I'm really glad that you had this idea to kind of like what's the word mitigate is that a I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it is a, a, a question of like mitigating the costs to artists by like dispersing that the cost of operations between all of the collections that are present on ArtFit, right? Like you're going to have some collections that do really well and that help you pay for all of the other things for the rest of the collections. And you're going to have people who don't necessarily have good selling collections or whatever, but are still on that platform and are still given that place of availability because sort of the what's the word for it? There's, there's a, there's a definite sense of like equity, I think, and an intentional sense of equity behind ArtFit because there isn't like, there are no sales quotas and things like that. That's, that's one of the questions that I get pretty often is like, do I have to, you know, make this many sales? Do I have to, and it's like, no, you, you get to, I mean, the, the big things with ArtFit, right. Whenever I'm talking to somebody new are like, you retain the rights to all of your works and you're never going to, I'm never going to charge you for being a part of what we're doing. Right. And so through the, and the way that we're able to do that is again, by one sort of like splitting and diffusing that cost between all the, all the people on there. And then secondly, through p things like Patreon, where there are folks who support ArtFit as an idea and support that as a community, but don't necessarily want to buy a hoodie every single time. And, you know, Patreon is incredibly impact impactful for, for this business because it, the thing is like running a business online, at least at the scale that I'm doing it, there isn't that much overhead. And so you can have four or five patrons and that's all of your overhead for the month and the rest just goes back into the business to you know make things better to like renovate the website and do other things like that so how so do you so hold on <laughs> like how do i word this question so i'm an artist i'm working with you like how do you get paid and how do i get paid that's what i'm wondering i don't know oh yeah that. okay great question. question great great question so basically artists receive I think it's like 40% of the after like the, the profit at the end of it, right? Per item sold. And then ArtFit receives the other sort of 60% of that to pay for all the fees and stuff like that that go into it. And so basically the, the way that a new artist would get paid is we get all the orders from the launch of their collection. Everything comes in, all the money sort of like goes through to all the places and gets transferred and all the stuff gets knocked off or whatever. And then at that point I say, okay, we've got all this stuff. There's no refunds. There's no returns. Here's your percentage, and then the rest just goes to ArtFit, basically. Yeah, and that it's it's kind of that simple. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's really not super complicated. And I try to be pretty transparent about that. Like, I have a spread. I mean, I, and I'm trying to become more accurate because, like, my first year doing taxes on this, I I found out that I was like overpaying artists. You know, that was just a mistake that I had been making. And I'm trying to like tune, fine tune it so that you know the business stays afloat, but also artists are getting paid what they deserve. But yeah, I have like a spread, like a calculator, basically that shows you know all the items that we have, and then the profit per item, and you know we plunk in like all the you know how many things got sold, and that sort of totals it up. And I, I make a point of of sharing that with artists in the process, and sort of providing like display like one thing actually with Carly, believe it or not, she she like challenged me challenged me to be a little bit more like. I want to know exactly what I sold. I want to know, you know, when it got sold and I want, you know, all this stuff. And so I had to go in and figure out like how to pull that analytics data to show to artists. And so now I, that's not necessarily like a base th baseline thing that I do, but it's a thing that I can do for artists. To, yeah, to I was actually, right. 
<laughs> I was gonna ask if you can do that because I that is like something that I look at like is my analytics okay like what's doing good what's not doing good like with art wise specifically with this podcast I figured out that the solo episodes actually do better than the guest episodes so oh, now really? I'm yeah I did not think that and I was doing like purely guest episodes for like a very long time mm -hmm. with like little here and there random solo episodes I didn't mm -hmm. realize that they did so well until I did one recently about like 11 it was titled some dumb like 11 things creative should never do or something like that yeah no it was um, a great episode <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, that one did really well. And I was like, oh, and I did, I think I did like a poll on the Instagram or something. And I was like, do you guys like actually care about like me? And they were like, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, so I, I don't know, yeah. the analytics of everything. That's like awesome that you can do that because it really is helpful to know like, oh, this is selling really well. Maybe I should do more stuff like this. Or mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I like to know what people who are supporting me enjoy because if like we can both benefit from that, like that's what I want to do. And I definitely yeah. like, I want to keep this like a primarily guest podcast, but I have worked in, so I'm, we talked about this a little bit earlier. I am chronic planner person, very, it's weird because I'm not like type A because I'm like also like crazy artist person, but I am like, I record everything really far in advance and I over plan and I like, I have my little calendar. And so I was like, okay, from now on, once a month, I'm just going to leave a slot open for like, like a solo episode since those mm -hmm. tend to do pretty well, but yeah, that's awesome that you can send like analytics and stuff. Yeah. And that's that's one of those funny things because I'm very much the same way. And I wonder if that's just like people with anxiety, you know, tend to build systems for themselves to feel better. Right. Like, I think that's pretty much what it is for me. Like the first time I got a planner, I was like, oh, I feel better now. This is great. But yeah. like I did that this whole summer. I was I was at a point at the beginning of the summer. I was like, I really I need to do something different. I need to make a change. I need to figure out the, the Fisher move for art fit. And I was like, what if we just released six collections, a new collection every two weeks, all summer long? And then I just got done with that last week. And I was like, what in the hell were you thinking, Pascal? Like, what is your problem, man? You just, I just got so burnt out. Like, and, and the thing is, like, some of those were we had, you know, one of the most successful collection launches we've ever had with HeartFit. We've also had some of the least successful collection launches just in terms of sales, not in terms of like everybody doing good because everybody does good. I love everybody's art. There's no metric in that sense. But in terms of money, we had our, you know, a high point and a low point. And it was kind of crazy to be like, oh, it's not about doing all the things all the time and just keeping the content going. There has to be a level of like, you have to be able to care about what you're doing. And so, and really like be more specific about like, okay, how are we going to group these collections sort of by theme and things like that? Or is like launching new collections and just sort of building up the repertoire of what ArtFit does the main focus? Like, should we focus on maybe like rebuilding the website so that it looks better or is more engaging in certain ways? Like those analytics are so important because they, they can help you drive where you want to do your business you know i was like oh well what if i do the thing the kind of kick that i'm on right now was like doing search engine optimization stuff for ArtFit on tiktoks reels on the website and just sort of in all of the things like okay how do we build that into what we're doing and so far you know i've been trying that for the last few weeks and i went from you know on instagram at least being in sort of this a bit of like a, a low engagement spell to 
you know, having videos at like one or 200 views or whatever to having views, having, or having videos have like several thousand views, just switching some stuff like that. It's, it's really that simple in some cases. I mean, you know, it, yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing because so much of being an artist is about like having the right vibe or having the right feel or whatever. But when it really gets down to like the business side, you really do have to do a, just a few of those maintenance things to really build it out and, and make it feel good basically and make it successful. Yeah, that's something that I I try to talk about as much as humanly possible. I feel like a lot of artists don't realize how many hats you have to wear just to be a successful artist. They think, oh, my art is bad because my videos aren't doing good or I'm not making any sales. And it's like, well, you're you're wearing your artist hat all the time, but like you got to kind of pick up your business hat and you got to pick up your content creation (laughs) influencer type hat like there's so many different skills that go into it it's absolutely bananas like and like everything that isn't art related like I'm totally like new to it and I have you know I have people come on this podcast and they're like oh well you're an expert and I'm like huh no (laughs) I'm just the same as you all it is is just like I decided to do something two years ago and I just like stayed consistent with it that doesn't make me an expert on everything art that doesn't make me an expert on everything business like I'm just as new to this like I am just like I am like like okay like uh, we're playing Candyland right Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like two like I rolled a two and I'm like two steps in uh, and like I haven't I'm not even close to the what, what's at the end candy kingdom mountain <laughs> I don't know I haven't played Candyland a long time but I'm enjoying the metaphor yeah I'm not like I'm not even close I'm not even like I just started yeah. and I I hate having to like explain that to people because I'm not trying to talk bad about myself or anything mm-hmm. but like I truly like I was just talking about this with someone yesterday I don't want to be like held up on like a a pedestal because like these are things that like I've learned through a lot of like trial and error and like I'm just as new to this as like the next artist who's trying to do the same thing that I'm doing or the next business owner that's trying to do the same thing I'm doing like we're all kind of like and that's like something that I feel like isn't talked about enough is like we're all kind of on this same journey like same path together and like if people were this supportive like with each other as like I'm trying to be with my business you're trying to be with art fit other people are trying to be with their own art businesses like if we all collectively just like worked together the world would be so much different but for some reason I feel like a lot of people feel like they have to do things alone too Mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's one of those huge things is that the people around you sort of help build you up. And one, one of those things that I think about a lot of the times, one of the sort of things that guides me is that Mac Miller line, like the more you do, the less you wait. Right. So like if you're just and that's not to glorify hustle culture, because like I don't think that just hustling and hustling and doing stuff is the best way to make things happen. Right. Because like I went on a I went on a streak where I was working from I work every day for more than 200 days straight on ArtFit. And I was like doing content every single day. I was, you know, doing collection work every single day. I was just, I was in it for literally 200 days straight, more than 200 days straight. And at the end of it, I I got down and I was like, sure, I was tired from the work. But at the same time, I was like, I didn't really, I, 
people people were able that was that was the period where artfit had sort of the most growth that it's ever had right we went from like a few hundred people following us to like more than a thousand on tiktok and you know approaching a thousand on instagram which is you know not not these are rookie numbers right like <laughs> these are not super big but we could there's always room for improvement but the hustle was there and the hustle was good but at the same time i get i got out of that and i was like mm, i feel like i could have done stuff better had i like actually taken care of myself a little bit more you know and that was the point where i was like okay i'm going to start letting other people in like i'm not just going to be the only person working on this i'm going to like rely on my rely on my partner a little bit more i'm going to rely on my family a little bit more uh, you know my friends sort of engage with the community to a certain extent and sort of ask for help and that was the point when it it started to feel more healthy and where i was like okay this is something that i could do for a much longer time that's really all it took was like being able to get to a point where you could ask for a little bit of help and like lean on that network. And then also the body of work that you've already created. Cause I think that's what people react to when they think like, Oh wow, you must know so much. You're so accomplished. It's like, no, I've just, I've just been at this in a, in a way that is visible. Right. And this is one of those things that like the venture venture capitalist guy, John Henry, who was one of the founders of Harlem capital, who's big inspiration to me and is now one of the co-founders of loop, which is like a, AI driven equity focused car insurance thing in Texas. He's really cool. He's a really sick dude. But he he has this idea that I really like called working in public. And the idea there is that when you build your company and do the work in front of people, it's undeniable, right? Like that adds value to what you're doing intrinsically because people are like, damn, like I didn't I wasn't hustling like that today. So, you know, obviously they're you they're doing something. Even if, you know, even if the only thing you show is like the five or 10 minutes of hustling that you do a day or whatever it is, you know, however much you're doing, people see that and they're like, Oh my God, this guy is, this guy's crazy. Like he's really doing it, you know? And, and I, I think that's, there's some things like that that you can kind of leverage, right? Especially once you have that community to work with, you can, you can do that. And, and it sort of creates this sense of like, Oh, these people are actually doing really good stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel like, and I, to have definitely fallen victim to like capitalism, hustle culture, like don't take <laughs> breaks. And yeah. I, I'm at a point too with just like my whole, like my whole being and my whole vibe where I'm just like, you know what? I decided I don't believe in that anymore. I believe in like just living to, to do what I'm here to do and not burning myself out. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, like if, if I there's a book that I want to read, I haven't read it yet, but I think it's called the four, the four hour workday or something. Mm -hmm. it, it that's if you Google that the book will come up. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's close. Okay. If that's not what it's called, but it's called the four hour workday. And I've seen people read it. I'm like, I need to read that book because that sounds like that sounds about like how much you should work like in a healthy like if you want like a Absolutely. healthy work life balance. But it's just like there's this a misconception that you have to work hard to be successful and I just like that has I mean like it, it at one point it did resonate with me because I at one point in my life I was working like 80 hour weeks with no days off and mm -hmm. I it's like it's not good for your body <laughs> and then, oh, like your terrible. mental health it's horrible so I definitely I definitely agree and it sucks that I feel like so many people are conditioned to believe well oh that's the way that's the way to be successful and it's like no that's the way that like you were told that it is mm -hmm. to be successful but like it doesn't have to be that way and it shouldn't be that way because I mean like what quality of life is that to work 
constantly and not have any time to like just enjoy like what you've created it's just it's it's crazy but talking about that and in relation to social media I was wondering what the process behind looking for new artists to work with through social media looks like yeah absolutely this is kind of an interesting thing because most of the artists who I have worked with have found me. I'll do, you know, every few months or so, if things are kind of like hitting a low point or not a low point, but if there's like a lull in people asking like, hey, what are you doing? I'll put out a video. It's the same video every time. I mean, it's not the same, but it's pretty much the same video every time where I'm like, hey, my company does X, Y, Z. Like we work with artists. We don't charge artists anything. Do you, are you interested in, you know, putting your stuff on hoodies and selling that? And people are like, woohoo hoodies or you know whatever the feeling is and then you know i sort of sift through the many usually i mean every time i do it is more people but i sift through all the people and then i'm like okay how many people can i reasonably do a release schedule for and that's kind of what the summer was right like i did one of those videos and a lot of people got to it and so i was like okay i can do six i guess that seems okay and it was just sort of like of those people it was like the ones who i had the best vibes with, I guess, is one way to put it. Because sort of I think that, you know, when when you start doing business with somebody, like there has to be sort of like a good feeling with them. Like, and especially, you know, in this day and age, like you can't like, OK, I'll use an example here. I had a, a very close call with this one person who, you know, was was somebody who sort of presented at the beginning, like maybe they'd be a fit for the profile of a good art fit artist. And then afterwards like very like and this was this was like right around when roe v wade was overturned this is a a guy who was trying to apply to work with ArtFit, and i was like hey like what i want to do right now is i want to focus on you know women's voices and i want to make sure that people are uplifted in that way and that we can you know get out whatever people are feeling about this i'm going to focus on female artists to go for for the you know for this next little period so that we can you know work on this because this is something that's really important to me i want to make sure that people feel heard and he his he came back to me he was like are you going to focus on men at some point? <laughs> and I was like, okay, what? Come, just the, I was dumbfounded by it. And I was like, okay, so this is not going to work. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's just one of those things where you have to, there's a couple of like vibe checky moments in the process where it's like, you know, you exchange your emails. I always set up a, a video meeting like this with people, you know, early on in the process so that we can sit down and actually, you know, discuss what's going on and discuss like the process, even though I have like sort of a a barrage of informational documents that I put out to people. But yeah, I think in terms of finding new artists, like if an artist was interested in finding ArtFit or trying to get in touch with me, just DMs or emails are are easily the best way to do it. Because I, I I mean, recently, because I've been so overloaded, I've been a little bit worse about emails, but I try to do a good job about collecting people and sort of, you know, finding what people have. I mean, and, and, and sort of the way that I do that is I ask for a bio and then like 10 roughly 10 images or fewer of their work. And then from that point, I can basically be like, all right, cool. I have a good idea. You know, it's that's, that's generally how it works. So you do like, like you, you kind of, how how do I word this? You, I'm like not good at talking. I feel like I say that every episode, but so, so you do like kind of like pick like artists, like from, from the applicants, like it's not like everyone who applies gets to, I would okay I I would say that it's it's not like 
I don't reject very many people, I guess is, is one way that I should say it. Like it's the acceptance rate for ArtFit is quite high. It Things that make it dip down are, you know, when there's a higher volume of people, because I'm just one guy, mm-hmm. I can't really, you know, work with everybody all the time. That's one of the things that causes it to dip down. And then, you know, there's, there's sort of other factors that lead to people sort of not being the right fit. I mean, ArtFit is, you know, like... There's certain things that are are particularly important to me as a business owner. You know, like I want to be, you know, like one of the things that I try to work towards is like LGBTQ plus inclusivity. Like that's very important to me as sort of like many of the artists on ArtFit are within that community. I'm kind of in that community as well. And it's just sort of, you know, that's that's one of the things that's important to me. And so I try to build out artists who are sort of like, at the very least, not in contradiction to the values that I have for the company, you know, that, so that's, that's one of those filters that, that happens. But I mean, and then, you know, there's other things where it's like the type of art is one of those, one of those filters as well. Like I don't do, I can't do fan art because, you know, I I don't want to sell somebody else's intellectual property. I can't do, I don't do pet portraits. Like people who do primarily pet portrait work. That's cool. I like that work. I'm not going to demean it. I know that that's like a big part of what a lot of artists do to get paid, but you know, it would be cool to have a hoodie with my dog on it, but I don't know having about having a hoodie with somebody else's dog on it. Like there's, it's not yeah. quite the right fit, you know? And again, that's, you know, that's good work, you know, do your thing, get your money, get out there. But it's not, it's not one of those things that fits. I don't like, I don't typically work with work that is like gratuitously sexual or sexualized. That's one of those things that I've had a few, few people send in stuff where it's like, well, you know, I'm not sure that I can post that on a t-shirt, you know, like I was like, that'll get me banned from Shopify. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do that. And, it, you know, it's just it's things sort of along those lines are, are you know, th- there's a few hard style requirements like that. But but for the most part, it's like if you're like an impressionist versus like whoever else, like I, I don't know, I there, there's there's a lot of stuff. I don't like having a lot of those barriers, but they're just things that like if it would get me in trouble to put this out, I can't do it. You know, that's, that's yeah, no, that thing. makes sense. Yeah, no. I'm like looking at the questions because I'm like, okay, what else? Because there was definitely things that I was like, oh, I hope we get to that because we only have eight minutes left. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to be aware of the time. Yeah. I know. I'm like, because I have a bunch of questions that I didn't get to. <laughs> <laughs> Which if you are open to it, we can always do a part two. In the yeah, future. I, I would love to. That would be I- so fun. I always open that door up to people who I don't get through all their questions and I feel like we miss some like minorly important things. Mm-hmm. We kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but I was wondering if you could talk about some of the artists that you've already worked with and like oh, their work and, and how that's gone. <laughs> this is great. This is this is a wonderful question because there's so many cool people who have, you know, put stuff out on ArtFit. Like, oh, I don't know. And okay, let's see how to, how to start this. I, I don't know. It's, I, I really like everybody's work. You know, people like Maya and Janelle, who are the first artists to put their stuff up on ArtFit, are, you know, have a very special place in my heart just because, you know, those those are my actual friends. Like, these are people that I've been close with for a number of years. And, you know, I, I love their stuff sort of implicitly because of that. And then I, I think ArtFit's kind of roster in the way that it's grown recently has, has changed because up until people like, I think like Mina Zoe and Peregrine, those are sort of like the last folks in my personal sphere that I've worked with. So that's like maybe 
of the 16, that's maybe like six or seven of them, maybe eight are people that I personally know. And then the rest of them are people from sort of like the internet, right? Like I think the first, one of the first big people from TikTok that I worked with was Hannah Moultrie, Hannah Moultrie Cantrell of Moultrie Creative. And she is, she has like taught me so much. Her art is incredible in its own right. She's doing a series right now where she's painting, I kid you not, every single bird in North America. And after she's done with that, she's going to paint every bird in South America. Like, it's just this crazy, mind-blowingly big process that she's going through. She's so cool. Working with her was really amazing because she's got, she has like a bigger TikTok following. She has like 10,000 people on TikTok. And it, for me at the time, I had like 500 and she she like replied to a video that I had that did okay. And she was like, my people need bird stickers. And I was like, please work with me, <laughs> you know? And I was just like, I was kind of, I was almost like starstruck, I think. And then sort of since then we launched that, I think right around ArtFit's one year anniversary. So, you know, about six plus months ago. And I don't know, like she, she is one of those people who has just been so influential and important to me because, you know, like if I, if I, like, I remember I, I put out one thing where I was talking about like, oh, I did this thing to my website and she, she didn't DM She texted my personal phone number and was like, Hey, that's, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that that way. Yeah. That, you know, that's, she just like called me, she called me out to my, to myself personally. She was like, that's not the right way to do that. You should do it this other way. I was a, you know, web designer for 10 years. This is the right way to do it. And I was like, oh. Oh, okay. Sure. Totally. Yeah, you got it. So that she's been a really influential person for me. You know, let's see who else. I mean, okay. People that I want to shout out right now, who I think are amazing people that I have really enjoyed working with. Paul Muse is one person who was one of the earlier folks to release his stuff. I would definitely recommend people go back and like, look at what he's done because there's some really cool abstracts on there. His art itself is really interesting. And I mean, I think he's just sort of at a stage where he's kind of like going through it right now. So he could definitely use the support. So if you if you have an inclination to purchase ArtFit, I would say go check out Paul Muse. His stuff is amazing. And he, you know, it's it would be awesome for him. Ashley the Wren is another great artist who I was really happy to work with this summer. Basically, everybody from the lineup of six people. Ashley the Wren, Mikey Meyer, Deanna Gray, Carly, Carly, <laughs> Carly Kozicek, Amber Da Silva, and Chamaco Nabawi. All, all six of those folks were just amazing to work with and and very like chill about the fact that I was like okay you I was like I have two weeks between collections I'm going to take the first two or three days after a collection comes out to just sleep a little bit and then you have my undivided attention for the next two weeks and then after that I'm going to take three days off and it's going to be the next person and everybody was like okay we can deal with that you know, even if it meant like, because everybody got slotted into their spots in, in the early summer, right? And so poor, poor Amber was like waiting around for months while I was just like cranking out collections. And we got to the end and she was like, do you still want to work on your stuff? And I was like, yeah, I saved you. I saved this collection for last because it means so much to me. And I'm so glad that you waited for this. And so we had this wonderful collection that just came out where we talk about Things like grief and loss. I mean, her, she has a really incredible community on TikTok, you know, just discussing topics like that and, and trying to be healthy in your own life. And she she's just an incredible human being. I was really happy to work with her. Yeah. So I mean, there's 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 two there's almost too many to mention, right? Like there's people like Sarah Crabb, who was one of the earlier people. I remember I there, some some artists are hard to get a hold of, right? Like I, I remember I really wanted to work with Sarah. 
because she's just somebody that I knew from college who does really cool art. And I was like trying to email her and be like, hey, Sarah, do you want to like do art fit stuff? And she's like, I don't know. We'll have coffee about it sometime. And at the time I was living up here, you know, in on an island in Washington and she was living in Portland. And I was like, all right, I'm going to come to Portland and we're going to like hash out how to have this art fit collection, you know. And sometimes there's just sort of people like that where you have to go to them to make it work. But yeah, very happy. I mean, that's actually the shirt that I have on right now. The uh, I think it's called Art History. Just one of my favorite shirts that we that we have in general. One of the more more popular among among folks, and actually interesting in the sense that it sort of set the precedent of being like, okay, we'll do nudes on on shirts because it's it's a who is it? It's the it's the spear holder. What's the the Dorypheros? Polyclitos is Dorypheros. It's a, a a take on that sort of you know mixing things up, but it's very cool. Yeah, it's it. I've I've really enjoyed sort of everybody that I've worked with. It's been a, a very amazing process, and I'm very grateful to everybody for you know, hanging their neck out and, and sort of rocking with me on it. Yeah, that's awesome. I, that is so cool. I, it's all like, this kind of feels like a crossover episode, like on like a TV show in a way, because mm-hmm. we worked with like a lot of the same people. And I feel like our, our process is very similar as well. So I, I think that's awesome. So we're, we're at about an hour, but before we wrap up, I did have my important last question that I ask everybody, which is what advice would you give your young, what advice would you give your younger self regarding your art career? Oh man, I don't know. I, you know, I think I went through, I don't know, I guess just hang in there. You know, I think that's the biggest thing that I would tell myself is, you know, no matter what you're going through and you, the, the thing is, you know, life gets better. It can be it can be very challenging, very difficult at you know many different points in many different ways. And all that you really, for, you know, speaking to little Cal, just like just hang in there, man. Just hang in there, bud. Like it'll be it'll be all right. It'll get better. And you just got to. You know, you you got to trust yourself. You got to follow follow your intuition, and at the same time, like, don't get too bogged down in in doing the right thing or whatever. Like, you know, go go skating, do have fun. You know, do do your thing that's going to make you feel good and and get through to the next day and the hundred days after that. That's awesome. That's that's really good advice. I feel like it fit the theme of the episode too. I think so too. I I like it. I I've, I've been thinking about that one a lot. I mean, that's that's it's always fun to come on here. Just sort or not always but it's it's been fun to come on here just from being a sort of like a fan of the podcast you know and uh, you know just just sort of knowing ahead of time like what the what the few questions were going to be that you ask everybody i was like really thinking about those and really trying to figure them out yeah the i always i feel like they're so important those are like the two most important questions because i feel like those are the two questions that the first question about like how how you got started i feel like no matter who you are even if you're not even an artist listening to this like you can like it it like humanizes you and it makes mm-hmm. it like i don't know I, it, uh, what's it what's it called like when you're driving and like y- you realize like every car next to you like there's a person in that car that's had a whole life and like yeah. i have a word <laughs> for it but like you just realize like oh my god like there's like i'm in so like i'm sitting in traffic and i'm not moving and like every car next to me has a human being in it who's had a whole life before this moment and we're all sitting in traffic together right now and then you start to panic it's like that but <laughs> oh man yeah relatable very relatable (laughs) that happens all the time it's like that like it humanizes you and it makes people like relate to you and like build a connection just through listening Mm -hmm. to the podcast which i like a lot and then the the last the advice questions very like 
shadow work heavy question mm -hmm. of like, I, I really like questions that kind of make you think about like what you, what you would tell yourself to comfort your, your past self, because, you know, as somebody, I also, you know, I'm <laughs> nervous all the time. Mm -hmm. So I, I feel like I have like, I have like a laundry list of things that I would say to young, young Kate. <laughs> so, <laughs> mm -hmm. so I, I had such a fun time recording this with you. Thank you so much, yeah, Kelly, for coming on. I could it's not be blast. happier. Yeah, no. And if you if you ever want to do a part two, like I'll I'll be in touch. I'll send you an email. Yeah. I actually I was just telling somebody the other day, like I gotta go through all the old episodes and like find the people that I wanted to come on for a, a part two because there's quite a few, and and you are definitely one of them. So awesome. but, that would be so fun. Yes, yeah, so this episode has been so awesome. So why don't you go ahead and do your your self promo, and then we'll we'll wrap up. <laughs> okay, awesome. Yeah. So again, I'm I'm Kel from Artfit Clothing Co. I'm the founder and curator of that. If you'd like to support Artfit Clothing Company, the two biggest ways that you can do that are through Artfit Clothing Company. Artfitclothing.com. You can find that sort of on TikTok. I have a whole link in bio type of thing. If you'd like to support artists directly, that's sort of the best way to do it. If you would like to support Artfit directly, which I would actually really implore you to do you can subscribe to our patreon we have a number of tiers all of them are pretty reasonable you get access to our discord you know you get access to behind the scene content you get to sort of like help me direct the way that collections come out you get previews to all the stuff you get to sort of if i find an artist and i'm like oh, i don't know about this i'll send it to my patrons you know i'll do a pre-screening there and that's just a really cool way to be involved with art what artfit is doing at the at the base level and just sort of help this become a platform where artists can be on, right? Because the goal here is, in my mind, longevity. So if you'd like to help us, you know, attain that longevity, Patreon is, is one of the greatest places that I would really implore you to go to. All right. As always, those links are going to be in the episode description for easy access, everything. Just go down there. It'll be there. But yeah, thank you again, Kel, for coming on. This was such a good episode. I'm so excited for it to come out. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Kate. I really appreciate it. I've really been looking forward to this and it was just so much fun. Yes, so much fun. I'm so glad. So everyone listening, thank you guys for making it this far. As always, we have so much stuff that'll be linked in the description as well. If you're listening to this and you have friends who are into art, tell them about us and, and let them know that we're really good. And also a Spotify, Apple podcast. If you haven't left us a five star review, please do that. Oh, and... I'll also go do that now. <laughs> oh, thank you. And as always, we do have merch at my personal website, katemerrymanart.com slash shop. And if you feel lonely and you want to network with other artists, we have a free community Discord server, and that is going to be linked in the description as well. But that's about it for this episode. Thank you again, Kel, for coming on. And thank you guys all for listening. And I will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye, everyone. Bye.